Erica. Hey, Dory. So we have a super special episode today. We do. And sadly, Mel is on her journey to Maine for the holidays. So she's not with us, but she sends her love as usual. Guys, she's literally driving to Maine. Like the furthest points, essentially, from Los Angeles, California to the tippity top of the United States, Maine. So wish her luck yes, on her journey. But we're so excited because we have friend of the pod and our first ever lead yes. Hallmark actor, Antonio Caon. He is here with us. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thanks hey. for having me on. Are you this kidding? Is huge. This is huge. We're so excited. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I messaged Antonio. He was very kind and said, you know, the movie we're done filming and like we should do another podcast. And I go, I'm so glad you said that because I've been <laughs> holding myself back <laughs> from talking to you. I was like, Dory, this man is working. This is his first lead role. Like you cannot be asking a bunch of questions about how it's going. So I know I said I was like, you write me anytime. Let's talk. But now <laughs> we can. I now know, you but can. now we can. We I'm got here. him here. I know we made it. So the last time we talked, it was the middle of the summer, and mm -hmm. we were in the middle of a pandemic. And surprise, we're still here. Shocker. Um, so how is it going for you? Like, what are the numbers like in Vancouver? How are your restaurants doing? What's been going on? Yeah, it's going um, about the same, perhaps better moving back into perhaps worse. Uh, I think this past Thursday was the most recent uh, public health order from the top medical officials and BC just got put on um, elevated restrictions is what they call it here. The, the language here and the, the way that they they talk about things is very chill. <laughs> West Coast life is a real thing, but they're starting to get scared. Uh, and they should be. The numbers are spiking here um, more than they had throughout the initial lockdown where, where like the entire kind of like population of North America got told to stay home. Mm -hmm. um, our numbers at that point were not in any way scary. Right. Uh, you know, we had to be ca like cautious, but um, BC got very, very, very lucky the first time just in terms of where spring break fell and how travel was working up to that point and when Canada closed off borders and blah, 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 blah. And so now we're starting to see numbers kind of like in the thousands, which is pretty pretty problematic uh, considering that numbers up until this point were like multiple hundreds. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that the, the sort of the climate around COVID is shifting, is starting to polarize we're really seeing people that are taking it extremely seriously. And then we're also seeing people that are taking it way less seriously than ever before. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that BC just keeps swinging towards, let's take this seriously and let's, um, let's sort this out. Um, because I, I do think that Vancouver has the potential to, to get back up and running fairly quickly if everybody plays by the rules and takes care of each other and like, you know, looks across. Um, as far as our restaurants are going, uh, we have we have two. One of them has been open for six years, and that one's certainly doing okay, all things considered. You know, like no restaurant is is like thriving, right? Uh, unless you're like, <laughs> like like a giant institution that could have a McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the rest of us are just like if you're open, you're a winner. 
Um, our second place is doing okay, uh, but we're definitely seeing the restrictions affect the second one a little bit more because it was so new when it came back. Um, <laughs> also, you know, like the, the world just never stops. The building was graffitied last night. So after this oh, podcast, geez. I'm going in to like go paint the outside of the building and whatnot. But I will say, you know, and, and I'm sure you heard this from me last time, but you got you to gotta focus on, you got to try and focus on what's working. For and sure. so we definitely taken the opportunity uh, this this holiday season to look at the communities that that um, we live within and what they're doing to take care of each other and we're, mm-hmm. we're building holiday fundraisers to try and help them oh, um, because that. that's amazing I don't know it, it's it it's it just feels like the right thing to do like we can we can feel that things are slowly gonna grind to a halt and of course from a business point of view we need to keep afloat but we're also able to look outside of ourselves and say well things are grinding to a halt it's because everyone's not okay so um let's just keep seeing what we can do and and (laughs) finding ways to to keep the lights on and and continuously pivot um which is exhausting but it's you know it's 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 how you do it these days that's awesome. It just shows like what a big heart you have, you know, that you're not just thinking of yourself in this situation, which is, you know, hard to do because you're trying to keep yourself sane and keep your family sane. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that are really, really struggling. So it's hard. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm very lucky. Like I'm part of a, I'm part of a restaurant group um, where there's like four of us that make decisions and a constellation of others that are, that are family and, this year has been really interesting because we've, uh, and this is partially me driving it to some extent because I've needed it, but our value development has really uh, increased over the over the course of the pandemic until now, where we really started shifting the way we talk about things. We just, we were like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done doing business the way people tell us to do business. I don't care anymore. We're going to do things our way. And what we all know is it, it, within our little group is that doing good feels good. It feels mm-hmm. right. <laughs> we, we, we know that at some point the rug may get pulled out from us, but it's not unique. It's not just our restaurant. Everyone's right. in trouble. So if we go under, you know, we go under, obviously we don't want to do that. And we're working hard not to, but w- while we have a fighting chance, it, it, it is simply the right thing to do to not hoard toilet paper. <laughs> let's, right. let's buy the right. toilet paper and, and throw it off the truck of people, you know, like everybody needs it. So yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to be in a position where we can still do that. And then one day, you know, if, if things go sour, we won't be in that position and we'll figure something else out. Yeah. Right. Oh, gosh. Well, we have to ask, we're going to get to Hallmark eventually, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something it's November and something that happened, you know, in the U S was our recent election, Oh yeah. which was a complete shit show. Still is. <laughs> So we're still, yeah, is, still, still is. going, still, still going. going, who knows when yeah. that's going to end, but you know, this is a good opportunity to talk to someone, you know, on the outside looking in mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts about it? Especially, you know, coming off, um, the black lives matter movement and, yeah. you know, the pandemic and everything that's happening in the world right now. I mean, I feel like the States has had a pretty raw deal, um, the past four years almost. And that sucks. Uh, the election, you're right. It was a total shit show. Win, lose, or draw. The problem with what just happened is that the divisiveness that has been at play really got put under a microscope. Yeah. And so to say that Biden and Harris won would be 
effectively, even though they won, let's not, sorry, everyone, they won. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just forgetting that some people don't believe that, but it, it would actually in a weird way be unfair to say that they won because voters who want democracy also suffered a massive loss in the number of people who, who further bought into this, like, in my opinion, and in my words, like, painfully detrimental administration yep the 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 administration that has been in charge for the past four years hasn't been looking out for the american public and i can say things like that because i have i have family who live there who got a 1200 stimulus check and i had to call them and say we've been getting two thousand dollar checks a month a month since it started our government is is looking out for the people they they're Mm -hmm. just they're 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 doing the work and that government's not doing the work and somehow they're getting away with not doing the work, saying they're doing the work and saying, oh, I'm doing it better than them. I'm doing it better than them. And everyone's like, yeah, they are, they are. And it's, it's progressed to a point where information doesn't matter anymore. It just, right. it just doesn't. Like there's a rhetoric at play that there's an entire legion of people who are now, in my opinion, not American. They're, they're not playing by what the American constitution kind of like set up to allow them to be they're they're just we're trump and that's that um and i think that's a really scary thing so i'm i'm hoping that the transition goes well and i'm really excited for it i think um it's you know to, to say we're not out of the woods is an understatement what i what i love obviously like kamala harris yes is vice president and that's, amazing it's game changing, you know, yeah, like for sure. you, you hear me say things like representation matters. And I'm like, that, that is changing the face of things over the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all those pictures that went around of little girls watching. Mm-hmm. I know. The, I, I was like, one of those is the president. One of those pictures that we just saw is the next president. Yeah. One of those is the next secretary of state. One of them is the, is the treasurer. Like, so that's amazing. Yeah. And Biden and Harris don't have immaculate track records when it comes to all the different causes they're not saints they're better than this administration but what's exciting is that they're politicians again and so politicians politics have a way to allow people to be held accountable and so at the very least there's there's it feels like there's going to be a system in place that allows the american people again and and furthermore the world around because like we're so affected by what happens in the states totally to, 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 to be able to say let's let's actually be better let's let's look at the world and figure out how to remedy the things that are that are going wrong so i mean i'm th- i, I want to say i'm thrilled at the result of the election i'm beside myself I, I had watched bernie sanders on like trevor noah a month and a half i think before the election explain mm-hmm. he he talked through the playbook he called was like, it this yep. is exactly what's going to happen in no uncertain terms and it's right. happening exactly the way he said it and still there are people that are like no it's fraud yeah that's yeah this is not i don't know what to i so i i can't imagine from the inside how destabilizing that is um from the outside it's it's easy for us for me at least and and my support is very clear like i'm i'm not on trump's side um it's easy for me to say biden harris won the long game things are going to get back on track because i don't have to live the short game I'm watching it unfold and it's, it's like terrifying. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for what four years can do 
to to remedy a nation, mm-hmm. um, especially because we saw four years unravel. And right. I have to believe that if you can unravel that much in four years, you can rebuild in four years. You have to yeah. be, I have to believe like that. Like that, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up how what happens here affects every other country because I think yeah. that people forget that sometimes. Like I will never forget when I, um, I went and studied abroad when to Italy when George W. Bush won. And I had no clue. I was so ignorant. Like I cared deeply about the election, but like I had no clue that Italians cared. And I had people, it's all people wanted to talk to me about. Like they wanted to talk to me about Bush and the Simpsons. That's it. And and Michael Jackson (laughs) and Michael Jackson. And that was it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Everything we do affects other nations. And that's the world. Like, I know a lot of people want to act like that's not the case, pretend that's not the case. They don't want to accept that that's the case. But like, it's true. We live in a very global society at this point. We connect to people. I mean, we are sitting here talking to you in Canada on video. Like, we are all connected and it it matters what our it leadership does. looks like and does. And I think that the real game changer, and I, I mean this, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is is Kamala Harris. Yes. Um, yeah. Whether, regardless of her policies and whatnot, whatever that engine is that's behind her, because there's an engine behind her. It, it, it was a crazy, it was a it was a it was a very audacious choice to put her as his running mate. Right. Um, because there were probably there's probably somebody that was just like old enough and white enough that tick the boxes that all the Democrats were like, we'll take it. And some of the Republicans were like, that's a better option. It just would have been done. But that wouldn't have driven things in the right direction. So it was an audacious choice because they were really going to have to fight. And they fought and they won. Um, and she's going to make space for AOCs and for mm-hmm. Ilhan and for all the all the, the governors that are coming up and the senators that are coming up. Like, like there, there have now been faces of color at both of the highest spots and there has been a woman at one of the two highest spots and like the the doors open you know like it, it's coming so i think i think she is uh, an incredibly important if not the most important part of the equation i'm biased but just whatever <laughs> well i couldn't agree more i am perhaps biased as well but um you know, we on this podcast, we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion and representation, yeah. and there's really no greater representation. I mean, yeah. only if she were president yes. would there be greater representation, right? And yeah. so, you know, we, when thinking about the hallmark of it all, because it is connected, yeah. it is all Absolutely. connected, um, you know, it's been very interesting as a viewer to kind of sit back and watch all of these changes that Hallmark has made. We are seeing so much more diversity, Mm -hmm. so much more consistently. And I don't think it is, I don't think it's an accident that the quality of these movies has been better. It's been way better. Like, I don't think that's a, coincidence yeah um 
So it's pretty clear that Wanya Lucas and her leadership has kind of led to some really awesome changes. And we can tell as a viewer, can you feel that as someone who is working on these movies and who has worked for the company? Like, can you, do you get that sense as well? Yes. Yes. I mean, short answer. I can see both from the inside and as, as I, I sort of pull back that there's a concerted effort being made at a, what I would call for now a surface level, which is casting. Um, and, and the next steps are, we need to see more directors. Um, I, I've, I've been seeing a ton, a ton of female directors. Oh, it's amazing. Some of them are like, many of them are amazing. Some of them are like next level good. Uh, I've been seeing, you know, there are, there are a lot of executive producers, most of the executive producers that I met are women. Um, but, you know, I, I still think there's a lot of room for women of color in both those positions. Uh, and it's, it's, I want to say that, that if this is step one or chapter one, like chapter two, three, four, and five are what I'm most excited for. I'm glad to hear that because when we saw, you know, the diverse casting that was coming, we were appreciative of that, but I, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. Me too. It's easy to say, you know, we're going to, it's easy to show the proof in the pudding, which is what you see on screen. Yeah. And you can say like, yeah, because I remember in their in their um, statement, they said like, it's all about in front and behind the camera. Well, exactly. I'm never going to know if behind the camera is no. happening. So it's good to know that you're seeing some representation there too. Yeah. And it's like, it's trickling in, right? Like right. Th- there's still, you know, if I still, if I look at hair and makeup, I go like, okay, we have a long way to go until we can say black hair is represented in hair and makeup all the time. Right. Um, you know, depending on who the star is, they might they might have influence over that. They might have interest in that. You know, like Holly P. Robinson is is one of the greatest advocates, kind of for anything that she is interested in. Um, she's she's a, a fantastic spokesperson, so smart. She is American royalty, as far as I'm concerned. Like, there's no mm-hmm. I can't split hairs about that with me. I we don't love care. her we so love her. much. Yo, she's a whole other level of impressive. Um, not to get too far off, but like you would walk in and she's like on speakerphone with somebody and, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. And she's talking. And then you realize she's speaking to like one of your idols or an American icon. She's or, like on the phone like, with Oprah. Yeah. This is Patty LaBelle or she's chatting with like Beyonce's mom and you're like, I'm sorry. I gotta go. I'm yeah. freaking out. You know, like but, but to her, she's like, it's just baseline. Like when I first met her, she was telling me about her, um, uh, the ring bearer at her wedding. And, and she's telling me all this stuff. And I was like, listening. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, who is it again? She's like, EJ. And I was like, EJ, like, like Irvin Johnson, EJ, or like Magic's, Magic's kid? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> me and Magic are. And I was like, I got to stop. I'm out. That was her ring go. bear? Oh. Yeah. I'm obsessed with basketball. I was like, oh, you're, you're casual. I was like, I, I hear you. I hear you. I love the story. I need a break. <laughs> like I need to sit down and yeah. process what yes. I just heard. Yeah. Yes, so I love you, EJ you, Johnson. He's me too. a great Instagram follow. He's, so He's great. awesome. Hundred percent. So when you have someone like Holly there, you know, behind the scenes, um, there's a there's a voice. There's there's you know there's there's some advocacy happening that that I, I think piece by piece 
is being heard, is being seen, is, is changing things behind the scenes. That doesn't mean that the entire crew is is diverse yet. We're not there. Um, yeah. And that's as much a Vancouver problem as anything else. Like, you know, these changes have to happen everywhere. Right. Uh, and so kind of the question is like, what what's the first piece that has to, to shift? And the fear is that the pieces in front of the camera will shift and everyone will go like, we good. Right. And then yeah. we're done. Exactly. And it, it, it can't be that. And so there's a lot of, uh, loud speaking and activism and whatnot that still needs to happen. And it unfortunately requires a lot of discomfort to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that, I think that the conversation of it is slightly less uncomfortable right, right, right now. People are hearing it. They don't know how to fix it. They don't know how to stop feeling guilty. They don't know how to not feel culpable, but they hear it. Right. Um, they can, they can look around and be like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) For the first time ever, they're like, you know what? Now that you mention it, there are no black people on the set. And you're like, I know. What have I been saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and for us, it was, you know, it was magic, like to have as, as diverse a cast as we did. Um, And I I look at it and I'm like, it's amazing. And then inside I go like, we can still do better. Like I, I, I want to see more than, than two like colors of faces. I want, you know, like I just like, we're, like bring everyone to the party. Yeah. Well, d- well, Dory, that was a great transition. Should we talk about the big the main movie? event, the main yeah. event? We got to talk about yeah. the reason why we're all here. And um, we are so freaking excited to talk about Christmas. <laughs> um, when we, talked this summer did you ever think that you would be a leading man in one of their holiday movies like when we talked over the summer it was not great like everyone was in a dark place yeah and reevaluating like our lives and dory was dory is making a vision board to make that happen (laughs) he's putting it into the universe so we were like let's hope it happens That's right. And then here you are. Like, I mean, this is crazy. It's unbelievable. Like, how did you find out that you were going to be a lead in this movie? I mean, tell us everything. What was your reaction? (laughs) Did you scream? Because I did. That's so funny. I think Rachel asked a a similar question. She's like, did y'all squeal? And Ricky (laughs) and I have, we have very like similar ways into a lot of things in life. I, I didn't, this is the weird thing is I didn't really find out, find out through any official means. Like I found out at the same speed that you found out. Wow. And, and, and I think that, I hope that, I'm going to say, I hope that not, I think that part of that was that Hallmark was sort of like chasing their tail in the pandemic as mm-hmm. we all have been. And so they were putting out information that had been pieced together and that you were, knowledgeable of but maybe not exactly in the know so i got uh, like i saw the poster at the same time that you saw it what? I was like, Whoa. yeah and 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 it, and it was at the same time that i got the information so it, it all sort of like synced up it wasn't like i've been sitting on this for for a month or two months or whatever it was it was like leading up to it, it was like okay something you now i'm lucky that I've become friends with Zach, the writer. He's like, yeah. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've gotten to speak to Zach. Um, get him on the show, message him, and, and like, he is 
like salt of the earth human. Um, and he would fit right into this conversation. Like he is, <laughs> he's with us on every, every cause and every, you know, he has like a bullhorn attached to his hip. <laughs> he'll, he'll speak up. Um, and so I'm lucky that I've been in conversation with him and we, we, we'd sort of discussed some various things. And, and obviously Rakia and I, when we did last year, we felt like it wasn't finished and there needed to be more, but we had no mm-hmm. concept of whether or not that would be a lead story or not. Like, or if it would j- just get resolved in some magical way, it's like they got married in the in fall. Right. Like, you know, we just yeah. didn't know what would happen. Right. Um, and so in conversation at some point, pretty late, late in the game, once I once I knew that like the constellation was Holly and Colin and myself and Ricky and Barbara, but we didn't really have a shape of it. I remember chatting with with Zach when he he, he didn't say like it's you, but he was like we get to go deeper into that story. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's amazing. Um, and then I think Rikia and I found out shortly after that, probably, probably like a month before we started that, that we were primary. Um, and even saying that we are primary, like I give a nod, you know, Hallmark is definitely a female first female forward network as it should be. And so like, I am the male lead. Rukia is, is like the hallmark super duper mega lead. Like oh, she carries, um, you know, like I would laugh, like we would have the same schedule for like three days and then I would have a call time that brought me in at 2 p.m. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm not, I'm not even into them. I'm in for like two scenes. And she's like, well, that's nice. I'm in a hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, enjoy your sleep. Yeah. So I would like, I would show up to sets and like a couple of times and like bring her a slice of pie and be like, here, treat yourself. <laughs> how's, how's your day? Because she was grinding. She was like, you know, it was, it was, and 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 I say she was grinding, and it was a lot of work. Like she can do it. There's no, there's no question yeah. about that. But it was a lot. And so, um, uh, anyways, yeah. And and so in finding out, I was pretty like tight-lipped about it in my own world. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't talk about it. I didn't want it to be taken away. <laughs> I didn't want no. it to evaporate. Yeah. I, I was just like, I also didn't really have a clear understanding of like what it was going to be. And so I didn't want to say like, I got this amazing thing. And then I see it and I'm like, oh, I'm in like five scenes and it's been redacted. And, you know, I didn't really know. Um, and then I was messaging once, once it became clear and I'd seen the script and I was like, I was genuinely getting excited about it. You're um, like, there's a lot of lines in here. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think this is going to disappear. Um, I was, I think I was again messaging with, with Zach about it, about something. And I, I, I don't know how it came up, but I, I mentioned something about celebrating it. I don't really take a lot of time to celebrate things. And he was like, you need to tell people like it, like people deserve to know and you deserve, you deserve to have that moment. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, my friend, um, Donna Benedicto, uh, Yay, who, who Donna. I'm sure you follow, she also booked her first lead yeah. and I watched her like splash it everywhere. And, and, and everyone was so happy. And I was like, Oh, right. I've done a real disservice to the, the structure of support that I so love mm-hmm. by not sharing it. And, and I ended up writing a post because part of it was that, I looked at my own life and I was like, I needed, I needed to see when I was a kid that someone like me got something like this and it was possible. Right. That's and I ended up writing kind of like a message to my, to my younger self and going like, like <laughs> you, you need to see this. Like I've let you down by not telling you how exciting this is and how excited I am because I'm so wrapped up in 
now we got to get to work. Now we got to get to work. Now, right. now we got to make sure that it lands. And it's like, no, just take a moment and see that there are multiple mountains and you, you still have to get to the next, the top of the next mountain, but it doesn't diminish the excitement and the, 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 the fever pitch of this. So, um, so yeah, I put it out there and I got, a, I got a lot of feedback and I turned my Instagram off cause I got freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's overwhelming, but I mean, it was beautiful. That Instagram post was so lovely and it's, it, it's also really a strange time. And I think you mentioned this in the post, like it's a really weird yeah. time to be having the best yeah. year of your career. Right. Like yeah. it made no sense. Right. Like it just, what, huh? Yeah. No one would think that, that would happen. Yeah. Um, but you should absolutely be excited. I mean, land was freaking out. Everyone <laughs> was so excited. Which is amazing. We were all so invested in it. And yeah. so I guess I want to know, like, how does it feel to know that you now get to be that role model you wanted? Like there is going to be a kid or a million kids watching yeah. the movie and saying like, oh my gosh, like he looks like me. He looks yeah. like me. I can do yeah. that. Like I can be yeah. a star of one of these movies. How does that feel to know that like, you, I mean, it's rare that you get to be the role model you needed when you were exactly. Kid. It's very I, rare. I've, I've, I have like meditated on this. I've shed tears over this. I, I, I'm like, I don't. There are a few things that like get me choked up, <laughs> and that like put me in a position where I'm like, I, I can't speak about it because the words just don't come up. And and this is strangely one of them. Like, because it, it's, I, I don't actually have a a coherent answer. I have a feeling like I, all, all I can tell you is that the, the feeling inside makes a lot of sense. The feeling inside is like, like not a sense of completion, but a sense of, of, of like, yeah, this is right. Of like, my dad would be proud of like, oh. you know, like, like I, I, I look at like, like the, like the story that was laid out before I was born and the, the part that I play in it because of what they did and the part that I get to play and and not in the in the in the movie, but the part that I get to play in other people's developments, and the idea that they're going to look back and and see these sort of like tracks that have been laid down, um, it it not to aggrandize it too much because who knows what it is in the spectrum of other people's lives, but for me, it it definitely feels as though I get to chip away at a history that I didn't think served me or my people or people mm. who looked like me and I get to start I get to I get to like just sign my name in a bit of a rewrite and if there's five people who see my name and they get it that's that outlives me right, right? like that's something yeah. that that I I get to I get to just pass forward you know and, and and I get to do this in a room with someone like Holly Pete Robinson who has done that her entire life whose father did that on Sesame Street, whose right. mother was a part of that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's these these deep, rich lineages um, of people who have been advocating for our right to just show up mm -hmm. and to be seen and to be heard and to have voice. And and uh, obviously, I'm in the arts. Like, uh, doing it in the arts allows it to be reflected out to society and and have society aspire to it and catch up. Um, so I'm. Um, 
I'm, I'm humbled by it. Like the opportunity is not lost on me. And, uh, and like, certainly um, Rookie and I have, have discussed it at length, right? It's like, we want to do it justice. We want it to be authentic. Um, and, and we feel like with Christmas Nevergreen specifically, we were given this like crazy gift because mm -hmm. not only do we get to be, not only are we, are we, are we two, you know, black leads showing up on screen being in love, but, but we're not, um, stuck in meeting each other for the first time and, and playing the, the discovery of, of like, is there a future in this or, or, or like, what is the present of this? We get to play this like really deep um, relationship mm -hmm. that's informed by 30 years of friendship, uh, which is, which for me is more relatable. It's, right. it's something that like you, you will see and you'll be like, right, they're mad at each other and then they have a laugh and then they're back to mad because that's like, that's life. That's, real life, that's what yeah. we all do. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it becomes difficult to be mad at somebody that you love so deeply and then it becomes easy to be mad at somebody you love so deeply right. because of the same reason. And, and, and so it feels like embedded in this opportunity was another blueprint that, that let us show um, these rich lives. It, you know, in a, in a Hallmark way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it about Kamala Harris, that there were little girls, pictures of little girls looking at her. Mm -hmm. And you said that one of those girls is the next president. One of those yeah. girls is the next, you know, secretary of state. It's going to be the same thing for you. There's yeah. going to be little boys looking at you. That going, little boy could I'm be the next, job. the next movie star, the next Hallmark star, the next, like, that's just so huge. Like, yeah. and I'm so glad that you, recognize that you know and i love it I, I i literally I, like, I live for it it's 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 all i've wanted also you know I, I, I was talking with somebody the other day and i said i've gone through so many different i've had so many different conversations where i've been confronted with oppression that that wasn't framed properly where the person didn't know how horrible the thing was that they said like i i i told the story on a with somebody recently that i applied for an agency at some point and they brought me in kind of like yeah, yeah i guess we'll meet you for a second and at the end of it they said well we already have a, a black actor who's your age and i just like at the time it like i wasn't i wasn't developed enough to really quickly dive into how problematic it was right but i i was able to go sorry but do you also only have one white actor who's my age no you have a full roster of of white 21 year old brown hair blue-eyed dudes why do you presume that one of me is enough is yeah. enough yeah right like why do you presume that we're all the same and like you know me now would have a very different conversation with that right <laughs> me then was so vulnerable because i i just felt like this was just another rejection mm -hmm. that i didn't understand why i was getting it and they didn't what they were offering wasn't uh racist policy up front it took me years to go right you're agency subscribes to a racist policy mm -hmm. that's the problem at the time i just went like i don't know i'm never gonna get an agent and maybe i'll never work and maybe i'm not supposed to which is the which is the problem with when you don't exactly. have exactly mm -hmm. right like if, if you don't have something to look to to aspire to you don't think you belong and someone then says hey you don't belong and you go like i know yeah and and, and you just back down so um yeah this 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 moment is not lost on me I, like i said I, I i vacillate between like i don't want to aggrandize it into something that it isn't but i also don't want to pretend that it's not exactly what it is right
Yeah. Well, I mean, not to get too like super soul Sunday about it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a really great kind of example of like living your purpose in its fullest form. Because if you think about it, like we talked over the summer about your activism, which is another huge part of your life. That is something else you're passionate about, something else that you think is really important to you. Uh And so to be able to like have that inform this moment is truly incredible. Like you get to use your art to, to be the representation that you needed when you were a child and that you advocate for so passionately. Like you get to embody that, which is not common you know like it is not common that you get to have that impact and it's just so incredible that it happened this way oh it's it's beyond fulfilling to 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 put those two things together it's funny like i came out i i come from a background like i speak of my dad sometimes where like he was both activist and artist Mm -hmm. and i didn't i didn't i wasn't connected to that as a kid i didn't get it I wasn't a part of it. I wasn't invited into that world, but I was always on the, on the periphery, right? Like I was there. I just didn't know what it was. And, and so interestingly, when I came out of university, I started a nonprofit that still exists today and is run by two of my best friends called Project Humanity. And, and I started with, with three other people, um, like all co-founders. And the premise was using art to raise social awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's like coming wow. out of university, I, I was like, I know what I want to do. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we ran that company for 10 years, just blood, sweat, and tears, never got paid, worked two jobs, made it work. And, and all it was about is we would get in the car and we would go to the thing together. And the thing we would talk about was the impact, the impact on the community, the initiatives that we get to build, the things that we get to discover and learn and develop lenses into that allow A to see B and be affected and then turn that into a piece of art that we then put on stage and have a transformative experience. Like, that has always been the engine inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's DNA or mimetic information or something happened when I was young that I like blocked out or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm like hyper driven by that. Yeah. Um, and so to come to Vancouver and, and to sort of sit, like I made a, a big decision when I got here, I was like, I'm not going to do theater. I'm going to put my activism kind of like on hold to some extent. And I'm just going to like, sit by the phone, wait for auditions, go like, just like dig and dig and dig. And, and, and I've always been like a fan of, of hard work. Like you heard me talk about the work last time we were on and, and you've seen like, I, I just, I've always been a fan of hard work. And so to get to this place where an opportunity has presented itself that I could never have imagined would have married those two things is to, to me, that's what's amazing, right? Yeah. Like I, I've always looked at Hallmark and I was like, yeah, it's, a, it's I work for this and they do these movies and they feel good and wholesome. And I guess that's just like a side of me now. Um, but, but being able to kind of like expand my arms and say, okay, no, this is, a, this is a part of me and I am bigger than this one thing. So how do I just get to, to live and breathe in the skin that I'm in, in whatever I'm doing is like, that's the, like, that's it. That's, it's, it's an opportunity that I, I, I could never, I could never have wrapped my head around. I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Yeah. I, I honestly spend most of my time going like, it's so sick that I'm going to get to do this one movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then, exactly. And then who knows? Cause tomorrow's not promised, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. 
Man, what don't you do? You're uh, making sleep. <laughs> sleep. I don't eat well. I don't exercise well. Those are the two, the three things I'm trying to figure out. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> so we have to know. At least we don't know what you can tell us, but we want to know what evergreen Christmas and evergreen bells ringing is all about. So give us, yeah. give us what you can give us without I'll spoiling as, it too as much. As much I can give you. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but oh my gosh, I'll, I'll why am I so excited? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And you know, what's hilarious is that these like have become the movies we root for the most and yeah. we don't even normally like do because th there's a lot of magic in these and right. normally we're like mm, christmas magic whatever it's fine yeah and now all we care about is christmas and evergreen we're like when's it coming out like i need to I watch all of them to catch up like you yeah. have us completely reinvested in oh. this moment and in these movies i'm I am so, I mean, this is, you know, maybe this is like my own like narcissism, but I'm so excited for, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a final cut of it. I have no idea, but I can, one thing that I can tell you that is not a spoiler at all is that scenes between Rukia and I, where we are navigating relationship, feel so real oh, to us. In it. I love that. And, and, and I've had... I've had other instances where I've been in Hallmark movies and I've been like, this was a good scene. Thank you. <laughs> but, but it's different. And and like there were there were full-on scenes where Rookie and I would be in it and we'd call cut and we would be in silence. And then we would just kind of like leave each other, or we would just silently hug, or we would like just check in and be like, you good? I'm oh good. my gosh. Because it 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 really felt like it it we 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 were gifted these scenes by Zach and Shari and we were gifted the space by LL the director to actually allow these two people to like show up and have have problems like you know relationships are problems whether they're good or bad they're problems right. so to, to to have problems and and so like who knows how it shows up on screen? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to say all this and then you're going to watch it. And you're going to be like, that's so cheesy, but I don't think Doubtful. So. I, I, I truly think like, like there are just moments where you're, you're going to look at it and go like, Oh wow. I know that moment. Um, and it's so, it feels, it, it, it felt relatable in it. Uh, and yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that that um, plays out. Um, so like the, I mean, you've, you've, you've read the synopsis of it, but um, there's, there's kind of multiple stories. I would, the best way that I would explain it if I wasn't synopsizing it is that this is the first, I don't even know if this is going to make sense. This is the first Christmas Nevergreen to me that could have also been co-made by Wes Anderson, where, where the town, it becomes a bit of a character. Okay. Where like, we, we've always seen Evergreen and the magic of Evergreen and the, and the thing, but you've never really gotten a, a good eye, like a glimpse into what its history is or what its future is or why evergreen is this place where Christmas is like the, the greatest yeah, ever. Yeah. And, and like, you don't really know the, like the begin the origin story. Like we got, we got a bit of origin story of the Christmas festival last year with the snowstorm and the one road in one road out, like scary road, like why do you one road in? It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> so, so like we have that, but like, but even that doesn't really explain. That explains the festivity, but it doesn't really explain like why people love this place so much and why and they so, stay. Yeah, why they stay exactly yeah, right. Good. Like, mm -hmm. like, like that's been for me watching it. I've always been like, 
it's it's just someone from the big city comes in and then nobody wants to leave and then this one person leaves and everyone's like don't go I'm like it's right terrifying. Right. right, and like, you're just like, let her go. She's yeah, let her go. Let her go. Days. Let her go. You can fly back and forth. Like, there's trains and stuff. Like, it's, like, it's, it's actually 2020. Like, we're good. Yeah. So I've always like that's always been a question, and I think that even though it may not get like tied up in a bow answered, you you see who the people are that the town created, and you start to go like, right, the town means something to them emotionally, and we start. I think that we start to see that we connect, we, we get through um, uh, Joe and Carol at the Kringle shop. Uh, mm. you, you definitely see it through Rikia. You see it through me because I have a, a, a new conflict. Um, you see it through, uh, through Holly's character, through Michelle and Thomas, because Thomas is still at that, uh, um, what does he do? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting what his job is. It doesn't matter. He's like in Maine, he's like logging or something with with uh, that other gentleman. And so like, they've always- Oh, that's right, this. that's right. I think it is yeah. logging. Of logging. I think it's logging or yeah. something. I always remember reading it and, and being like, I don't know what that job is. And then I never looked <laughs> up. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I do. Um, but, but through those, you start to, to, I think, get a little bit of insight into like what the power of the town is and why Love people that. would want to stay there. Um, which for me has had, had been like, I don't want to say it was missing, but I, I didn't realize that I craved it until I read it. Right. Um, right. I mean, it's a question that like needs to be answered at this point a little bit because yeah. we've had so many movies. Yeah. We and we're like, wow. Back. Yeah, I'm like, wow, people really, really love, love it this evergreen. Love this <laughs> yeah, How do we get to year, evergreen? Like, yeah. They got to create a joke out of it. Like when Maggie, when Maggie's character shows up on the train and she's like, you know, I heard this place, they say Merry Christmas. Everyone says Merry Christmas. They're all like, Merry Christmas. Yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, that was weird. Right. So like they, they've played the off-puttingness of it and how strange it is. And then, and then how you can get swept up in the magic of that if you fall in love with a person. Right. Totally. <laughs> but this one, like you're not, you're not seeing the town through the lens of the outsider anymore. You're seeing the town through the lens of the people who were there. Oh, I love um, that. And, and there are still, you know, there's still a new person who comes to town, but their agenda is is not about falling in love necessarily. Not to say that you know everyone falls in love, but that, that's not <laughs> that's not why they show up, right? Um, yeah. Anyways, I know that's not actually like a synopsis in any way, but that that is that for me that that's that's kind of like what was happening like on an emotional level in, in, in the movie. Yeah. I think um, some, some things that are one thing that make or breaks these movies for me is chemistry between yeah. the actors. And what's amazing is we already know you and Rakia have chemistry, yeah, right. you know, True. we've seen yeah. you before. And so I can only imagine that you have, you know, not like a one up because I'm sure you could go into a movie and find chemistry with others, but like you yeah. have that history. So it, it's gonna, you know, it's going to show across screen, no doubt. So we're excited yeah. for that. Yeah. And as individuals, like the stakes were very high for both of us in, mm -hmm. in appropriate ways. I don't want to say like, I don't, I don't mean stakes in terms of pressure. I just mean it was important to us for a number of different reasons to make sure that we showed up, you know, we fought tenaciously to, to, to try and make sure that, that the story was being told in a way that everybody could come together on. Um, and sometimes that meant like, like messaging Zach at, at ridiculous hours and being like, can you, can you revisit the scene? Like, 
this isn't and he, and he was always like yeah totally and then he would he would write something and you'd be like oh my god that was amazing i love <laughs> so it that was, it was pretty amazing like to to see everyone kind of rally around the same the same sentiment of of wanting to to put something again this word authentic up what has it meant to you to be able to share this moment with rukia because i can only imagine that like for you personally it's a huge deal but like having it be with your friend yeah someone you trust and love and want the best for like i can't success is so great on your own but it's gotta be like a million times better when it's with like your close friend like that's incredible yeah and and to and to have that friend become close as a result of this project right like i didn't know her before before three and then mm. between three and four like not not just that we kept in touch but we were friends like right. we were bonded by this experience you know what's weird is that i am probably happier for her than i am for myself oh most days when i talk about it and and like it's irrational because like love yourself <laughs> you should love yourself <laughs> yeah but i i just there's something there's i deserve it dot 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 sure exclamation mark but she deserves it like when i when i when i look at the the way in which she also shows up in the world who she is in her family who she is in her community how she connects with people how she kind of like crosses the the lens into people's homes and makes people feel as though they're they're in it with her there is we're we're definitely bonded by the 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 way in which our charisma shows up in the world but there's they have different expressions and there's something about the way she shows up on people's screens that i really really can't stop um like like smiling and celebrating to say this is this is where you are supposed to be and it's a and, and it's a a shame that you haven't been there up until this point. Amen. But I'm not interested. When we when we when we first talked about George Floyd in the in the summer, I said, you know, it felt like every black person looked at each other without saying anything and went, "I'm not putting up that shit anymore. I'm just right. not." And we didn't have to talk about it. We just stopped doing it. And 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 I make that reference because I feel as though she does this movie and goes, "Yeah, this is where I belong." And I'm not having a conversation with you about anything else ever again. And people are going to go, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> like that's, and so going through it with my friend is, is one thing. I absolutely love it. I love that I have someone that I can, I can turn to, to check in with, yeah. to be like, you know, but, but at the end of the day, we both went home to our families, to normal lives, to, you know, she has a, a house of two, like very precocious and hilarious children <laughs> and it, it, like we, we just went back to like a very like normal life to some extent um and so it's it's also been nice to be able to check in and to be like there's this really exciting thing that's living and it's it, it's being passed it's outside of us now yeah like and, it, and it's about to get shared you know like we, we get messages from ll the director when she was editing we've we've had messages from our, our fantastic ep jacqueline renner like and, and they're now living it secondarily and like we're about to see it you know like like a, a third a third comeuppance as it as it airs and whatnot so yeah it's 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 remarkable to be able to share with a friend I yeah see. i got I, I got incredibly lucky there's that's no, amazing there's no, no, there's so no special. point yeah yeah what 
okay. I think a lot of, of our listeners would want to know this, but like, I want like the nitty gritty secrets about making a Christmas movie. Like what is something that maybe we would never guess happens on set or, you know, set designing and, you know, wardrobe and fake snow, like snow. Yeah. I want to know about it. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of things. I mean, some of the basic things that I think people probably, probably have figured out already, obviously, is it's not winter when we're doing it. It's usually summer. And so you're like pretty uncomfortable half the time. You're like sweating in those sweaters. You're sweating. Yeah. Like we got lucky this year was October and October was cold. And so the, the, the Christmas clothes made sense in October, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it's July or August and it's roasting hot. Yeah. And, and like the work that they're doing on screen of acting is, 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 is just as much about pretending that they're not going to black out as <laughs> pretending that they're in love. So I think that's a part of it. The snow is a funny one. Um, Rakia and I play a lot in the snow this, this episode and obviously there's no snow so where do they get the snow it's like you know like uh if you've ever gone to like an ice rink that has a zamboni it just has that mountain of like yeah. crushed ice stuff it's that oh, <laughs> it has like big chunks of ice in it, <laughs> and sometimes it's like hella dangerous yeah um, and other bits of it are just that like uh, uh sort of like that um, Halloween spider webby stuff that, that gets laid out yeah gotcha. and so from a distance that looks perfectly like snow and then and then there's snow that you can bunch that I don't, I think it's made of styrofoam. There's this kid's product that's like, it's a bunch of little balls that as you mush them together, they take a form and it's those and you can make like snowballs out of them. That's so, wild. so often snowballs are made out of them. Snowmen are sometimes made out of that, but more often they're just like these like hard, hollow, perfectly configured painted snowmen that like in no way can you really play with to make it look realistic. You're just like, this is obviously not real. Um, so, so there's, there's, there's kind of stuff like that. Um, one of the funny things, I guess, this year specifically was because so, we're all, we're all masked for most of the day, except when we're shooting, you would often have extras crossing through your background with their masks on. Cause they just like, you wear it all day long. And <laughs> yeah. About it, and then they, they, they're like rolling and they're like, oh, dude, they just like roll through with the mask on. And like, we were all guilty of it at some point. Like all of us messed something up because we just like. Like I remember doing, I was doing lines off camera and I just had my mask on and they were like, dude, we're rolling. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, like take your mask off. I was like, oh, right. Oh right. You can't, you can't hear me. I'm muffled. That's not necessarily like Christmas magic specific, but um, yeah. What are, what are the other kind of like weird Christmassy? I mean, one of the other things that happens on sets or doesn't happen on set, I would say around Christmas is I think that there would be not an assumption, but perhaps a hope that like everyone is like singing jingles, and really connected <laughs> to. You. But you're so far from the Christmas season, like you haven't done Thanksgiving yet. Usually, you haven't done Halloween, and, and you know everyone has that thing where it's like, when do you put your tree up? Is it the day after Halloween or is it the first day of December? Right. Mm-hmm. You're so far from that. We're not, we we haven't even crossed that threshold that like you're doing a Christmas movie, but like you are not singing jingles. That's not what's playing in the trailer. It's not. It, it's 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 everyone's happy vibes but it's not happy festive vibes right. because you're just you're outside of it um, yeah. and like there are certain christmas movies i think that people might play the music i just haven't seen any of them i haven't been in any of them yeah yet what else oh so, yeah yet uh i'll find that one director that's just like ripping charlie brown's christmas the whole time <laughs> <laughs> on repeat 
Yeah. How was it working during COVID? Like you mentioned, everyone had their masks and stuff. Yeah. Was it like an intense COVID protocol? It was. And it, and it, it was, and it should be like, obviously we don't want to get shut down. It's this really interesting thing that happened that everybody on set is healthy and you're living in fear of getting sick. And especially like Rukia, myself, my, me and Rukia, if one of us got sick, we were, we were like, what's going to happen? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We've never seen this before. Um, so it was strict protocol. It was, it was masks on at all times uh, that you weren't shooting or, or eating, you know, obviously you're like drinking coffee and whatnot um, before any intimate scenes and, and not just kissing, but like, if you're, if you're like canoodling and you're like, or if you're, or if you're like standing, sitting too close to each other, you had to get your face sprayed down. You had to like mouthwash. There's all these like, who knows what works and what doesn't, but they, they have a whole story as to like um, what the things are that they have different uh, percentages of how this works. Mm-hmm. So they're like hydrogen peroxide will, will kill any live virus, which is true. Also your mouth creates bacteria so quickly that like I don't know how right. long it lasts but but honestly if you and I did a scene together and they called cut before we went close to each other again we'd have to do the entire protocol all over again wow. sanitize the hands spray the mouth do the mouthwash thing and then you can go to your scene so things like that were I think I've, I've used the word intense and I actually don't think it's the right word it wasn't intense there was a rigor to it that that was absolutely necessary yeah and and, and there was a fatigue involved that was pretty, pretty challenging. Like eventually you just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, I don't want to do this thing again, but I know that it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah. And, and then the other side of, of those COVID protocols is that when you are doing an intimate scene to be taken out of it and reminded of like the times that we're in was sometimes. Yeah. Hard. That's so weird. Yeah. to get Yeah. Back. That's, that's the challenging one. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like, sets are quiet and everyone's being respectful and they're like let's all do this and then they're like but hang on you gotta go do this like yes so strange right it takes you completely out of the moment it takes you out of the moment and 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 and, you know like that's our job like you you have to figure you have to factor that in right like one of the one of the pluses is that we were always washing our mouth and mouth wash so we we smelled and tasted (laughs) you never had a moment where you're like oh i gotta do a kissing scene you're like yeah i'm dialed i'm good I just can't imagine being like the producers on that scene because producers worry about, you know, going into overtime and, you know, anything that could happen wrong on set, that's what they're worrying about. And then on top of this, just worrying about people getting sick. Like I bet those producers just are like, they have not gotten sleep in how how long? Probably not. Probably not. What what is useful is like when this all fired back up, at least in Vancouver, I'm sure this is everywhere. They've sort of like created a new department so there's like the covid police mm-hmm. and there are people who just like walk around with a sanitizer and they spray everything and the other person falls and wipes and there's a person right. who's like doing your temperature and all your numbers and stuff so so the producer is not the, the producer has to make sure that those people are doing the thing and and yeah. actually those people have the most power on set because they're technically medical Mm-hmm. right like even though they themselves aren't like MEs, like they're not medical examiners or something like that but they're under the jurisdiction of a doctor um and so for them they they definitely get to be in this position where they're like things aren't going well you guys are done yeah which never happened but like could yeah i mean it's definitely a challenge but like they say the show must go on and it and they it's are it. yeah they are. um i love talking about the christmas movies but i have to talk about <laughs> something that's very special to me 
Yeah. The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I Okay. I grew up in an ice rink. My brother played okay. hockey. I played hockey. I also figure skated. Like a very comforting smell for me is actually like the smell of a hockey bag, which sounds really weird, That's but like weird. It, it reminds me of my childhood. Got it. <laughs> my brother, my brother and I still call each other. And if we get each other's voicemails, we just leave quack and hang up. Like we are so obsessed with the Mikey Ducks. You have no idea. So when I missed the happy. last yeah, when I missed the last pod and then Dory and Mel were like, uh, Erica, he's he's in the Mighty Ducks. And I was like, yeah. okay. Oh my God. So I have to know. Cause back, the last time they talked to you, you were starting to, to right. boot back. We just done. Yeah. So what's the deal there? Like, so how, how's it going? How did it go? How much, how much do you want to know? I'll give you a little, I'll give you like a tiny synopsis and then, yes. and then give you, I'll, you can go to town one question and, then I'll, and I'll tell you, I just missed a huge moment with the ducks. So I'll tell you that in a second. Um, synopsis is that instead of rebooting as in like starting back in the beginning, they continue the trajectory of the ducks. So the Ducks become the Hawks. Oh. They become the perennial champions, regional, state, et cetera, et cetera. They're the team that you want to be on. Okay. And so all of the kids in Minnesota grow up on the Ducks, and it's just like working to the it's, – it's the Hawks all over again. Working to the bone, not a lot of fun. There's no joy in what they're doing. And, and it sort of kicks off with this one kid who's like, okay, but he's not good enough to be a Duck. And so he is asked to leave the Ducks, and his mom is like, nope. Absolutely not. And then we see the the, re, the reboot of the idea of the Mighty Ducks. It's like, we're going to start our own team. And they have a ragtag bunch of kids that, that get pulled from different walks of life. And they suck and they're total losers. And over the course of it, they learn friendship and leadership. And the mom is Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And like from a million other things. Uh, and uh, she walks into an office to get time in an ice rink. And the guy doesn't want to rent her time and doesn't want to hear what she has to say. And she says hockey. And he's like, get out. And it's Gordon Bombay. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, right. Gordon so Bombay. Yes. Bombay's, Bombay's back. back. Yeah. And he's like not interested. He's not interested in this new team. He's not interested in hockey. Like, you know, the world hurt him and he's done. Um, and then, and then the story sort of continues on from there. And, uh, and I, I get to play, I get to play bad dad. I get to play dad. Who's like, pushing his daughter to, to be on the ducks even though she's sort of like the ducks are mean he's like uh, uh just <laughs> play for the ducks but but it, it's nice like i get to see it from a, from a parent's point of view and go like right he's not pushing her because he he hates her or he loves the ducks he's pushing her because he, he's trying to set her up for the future and he just he thinks that's the way not really being able to like listen to a 13 year old say i'm not happy he's like happiness has nothing to do with it yeah. but you know they're, they're your kids um, so that's, that's been happening. And like, overall ducks are, you know, ducks are ducks. Ducks are great. The, the, the kids, um, the new ducks, as it were, they, they have another name. I don't know if I should say it. So I'll, I'll, you don't have just, to, I'll, we'll I'll hold it. Cause I actually, yeah. Disney's terrifying. Um, <laughs> don't piss them <laughs> off. Like, I don't want them to take anything away from me. I don't have anything, but like, they'll take it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the kids who are in this are like, superstars they're so amazing oh good um they're they're funny they're dedicated they all have like secret hidden skills uh you know the, the girl who plays my daughter is like in my opinion the most talented uh, you can tell her <laughs> i said that um but she's you know she, she's honestly she's like she's a multi-talented like singer dancer drummer whatever whatever actor um but some of the other kids like one of the kids is a freestyle rapper and a rapper 
who's like about wow. to drop his own album and whatnot and he makes all the adults freestyle and we like freak out every time he, he makes us do it but we do it and we hate it but we kind of love it um uh anyways all the kids are great as a canadian one of the coaches in it is from Letterkenny. And I don't care about anybody else on set. <laughs> he's in Letterkenny. And Letterkenny is the most important Canadian show after Schitt's Creek in a long time. And so yeah. I'm obsessed with that. And he's, he's rad. Um, so I'll tell you what I just missed. I had two episodes off. And I, like you, grew up playing sports. I played soccer, not hockey, but it didn't matter. Ducks Fly Together was like, yep. it, it taught me everything I needed to everything. know about sports exactly. and friendship. Yep. That V formation yeah. is just yeah. emblazoned in our brain. Knuckle puck and, time. Yeah. And you all had a person, right? You were you were a Charlie. Yeah. Or you were you, you were a Fulton Reed or yep. you were a, a, a Bash Bro. Yeah. Right. You knew who you were. Yeah. And and so I had two episodes off. I did one, two, three, four. I had five, six off. I just came back for seven. I was like, hey, how'd it go? And they were like, episode six was kind of hard, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. And I was like, how was episode five? And they were like, it was good. Like and I was talking to one of the kids. They were like, we were the OG Ducks. And I was like, excuse me? Hmm? Wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. And so there was like a guest appearance at some point. I don't even, I, I'm not even spilling tea because like I wasn't there. No one gave me real information. But like some of the original Ducks <gasps> make make like mini cameos. And so mm. it makes me wonder how many other people might make cameos. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know, but like when they went to the Nationals, there was like that coach, like the Swedish coach who was so yeah. good. Yeah. I'm like, maybe he comes back. I don't know. And I don't know which ones of the OG ducks come back. I don't know in what capacity. Uh, who knows? Maybe they were FaceTime. Like, I, I, I got zero info. Oh my God. I and hope. I kind of said it in passing, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Keenan Thompson I comes back. I was going to say, it's got to be I hope so. Oh, I was man. Like, and also, I was talking to one of the young ones. So I was like, is Charlie Conway there? She's like, I don't know who it is. I was like, ah. Oh, you know God. Do your research. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh. She knew all the people where they were there, but she just didn't have, like, context for it. Yeah. And, like, and it didn't matter. Like, she, she was, like, it was really nice. Like, to, like they're such great actors, and, like, they, they want to like, keep in touch and give us advice if we need it. And I was, like, I don't care about that. I want to know what <laughs> their characters in the time <laughs> Yeah. You're, like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's great. Did you speak to Keenan Thompson? That's <laughs> yeah. what I want like, to know. Is he coming <laughs> back? Are we friends? Are we friends? Do I have an in? <laughs> oh god oh i am so excited that you're involved in that like that's my yeah, childhood wrapped up so do you have any other projects on the horizon that you're working on right now i got nothing i got nothing i'm just trying to you hear that hallmark he's keep... free <laughs> i'm free i'm available he's um, yeah no i i like you know the I've, auditions are, are going and i go out for those and whatnot and uh, again I, I think I, I like i just live such a weird life like when I'm not working, I'm working nonstop. <laughs> so yeah. I don't really have, I, I talk about this with other actors. It, it, it's a lot of like, what's your next project? I'm like, I got to go to the restaurant tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, there's a thing I got to do. And like, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> like, I just don't, I, I don't get totally wrapped up in, in, in what's next, even though like, I know it's important and I want something next. I want something next, but I also, right. I also like the breathing room sometimes is pretty useful. Like I said, was, like this, yeah. this year has been pretty full on and yeah. to know that I don't currently have something and that, and that I truly hope and believe that something else will show up when, when the time is right is uh, that's an okay for me place for me to sit. Yeah. Better exercise and sleep. I don't think it's a bad thing. 
Like, make me a better me. I mean, well, before, we yeah. all need that right now. So, <laughs> so what are your? Like, everyone takes December off. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are your holiday plans this this Christmas? Because who it's knows what anyone's doing? <laughs> we, we don't really know. Um, you know, we're gonna do the the like go out and cut a tree down, which is a thing that we do, mm-hmm. uh, and and decorate with, with a record player going some some Boney M Christmas album and and Charlie Brown Christmas and yes. all the good stuff. Um, and, uh, we have a dish, like a dish that my family always ate growing up that like my wife and I are trying to master. Uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll work on that <laughs> a couple times and, and get our eat on. Uh, I, I actually like got off the phone with my sister just, just moments ago or before the, the, the podcast. Cause I was like, I was like, am I forgetting traditions that we used to have that like, I just can't. And she was like, I told her the ones that, that I could remember. And she said, mom used to make candy cane shortbread cookies. And we became Ooh. obsessed with them where you'd like crush candy canes up mm-hmm. and like coat the shortbread cookie in it. And I think they'd be inside and they were like, I'm, I'm definitely going to make that. And then my sister also reminded me that every Christmas we got matching pajamas the day before. <laughs> Which like, I fully don't remember. She was like, she sent <laughs> you me photos. blocked like, it. This was real. Yeah, like, every year my sister and I got matching jammies. So I was like, oh, maybe we should do that. We'll see. Yeah. yeah I might send her a onesie. <laughs> That is so cute. That is so cute. I love it. Can we get can we get matching family onesies? Definitely can. Yeah, Yeah. I think you need to. (laughs) Yeah, my dream my dream is to dress like my kid and for him to be okay with it. So I think this is a good way to like ease him into it. Like what? No, it's fine. We're in the same thing. It's cool. It looks good. It's cool. (laughs) I wouldn't steer you wrong, kid. No. Yeah, Yeah, I'll look after you. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christmas and evergreen bells are ringing. Saturday, December 5th, 8 o'clock. We know what we're going to be doing. That's right. We are so excited. We cannot. We are too. Ricky and I will be tweeting along. Holly, I'm sure, will be there. Oh, you're going to live tweet with us? us? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to get it right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Antonio. Antonio thank you so thank much you. for Thanks coming for on. Me. We'll have you this back on for Daniel sure. Pleasure. Yeah. Yes. And you are we'll be- our best friend of the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a great holiday season and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, so that was our interview with Antonio. We love him. He is a treasure. I mean, he's our best friend of the podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's amazing. And I just want to hang out with him all day long. I know. Listen, oh. I mean our favorite interview. He's just so much fun. And I mean, I just can't overstate how excited we all are to like see his success right now. This is awesome. Yeah. And we're so glad that we get to witness it and share it with him and that he shared his time with us. So really looking forward to Christmas in Evergreen. That's right. It is on the bracket. So make sure you watch and we will be back next time with our movie recaps. And um, thank you for listening. Thanks. See ya. Bye.